to last episode of Bedside Athlete. It's been a fun, fun journey so far. Episode 15, I believe. Um, for the second to last time, again, follow us on Instagram, Bedside Conies. Especially, is this going to drop before Sunday? No. Okay. Doesn't no. matter. I was just nope. wondering. Let's not put them in a time warp like yep. we always do. Yep. <laughs> Welcome back to the time warp. Yep. Um... Follow us on uh, Bedside Coney's Instagram. Um, follow us and rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Today, I'm very excited because not only do we have priority guest numero uno, Andrew Hetrick, like usual, we have another special guest, Tin Can. The Tin Sam. Can, the man. <laughs> Ten over. Uh, I don't know the background of why you why people call you Tin Can. We actually have not even really officially met other than the two minutes that we've talked on FaceTime before this officially started so it's nice to meet you my man dude you guys have probably met in passing in we probably have yeah i probably saw you around probably. uc's campus at some point yeah i was thinking about that too because like i didn't know tin can until after we graduated and then like when someone introduced me introduced us for the first time i was like he looks unbelievably familiar but i definitely <laughs> never talked to him before yeah but yeah, wait, hold on. We, tin Can, what is the story? Because Braz made up Tin Can, right? Was he so just... I have absolutely zero idea why my uh, <laughs> where Tin Can originated from. I just it kind of stuck, but I'm just, I'm kind of clueless. You just if accept there it. is a reason, if there is a reason that I don't know of, and it's blatantly obvious, I will actually be I'll be somewhat embarrassed. <laughs> that has been my nickname through you know via the vet for several years now. Well, that's what, okay, so quick background. Basically, all three of us went to the University of Cincinnati. All three of us graduated the same year. But Max and I did not know Sam until I graduated, moved to Chicago, and Shooter had introduced us because Shooter had met you at, what did they call that, like executive rep training or whatever, like before, the semester yeah, before you like, started it was full-time? Like the, yeah, the, all the interns went to like an exec, exec rep training down in Dallas, and that's where I met Shooter. Yeah. Um, and then I think we were all kind of in our, or we were in the initial, you know, training class, if you want to call it that. Yes. Uh, and yes. that's how we all then met and met each other on the, the I think it was yeah, Tulsa trip for the, you know, the new hire training. Oklahoma City. Oh, God. Oklahoma City. That's what yeah. it was. That was, a, that was just. A, a true extension of college. But yeah, quick background there. Um, but then, so obviously since then, Sam, myself, we have like five other dudes that we still talk to. None of us work there anymore, but we still talk like damn near every day, just in like a Snapchat group. Sam, you don't have an ass tat, do you? Sam does not have an ass tat. Damn. No. Sam, no. Did, you didn't even come to that Nashville trip. I forgot about that. Yeah. No, I, I did not, unfortunately. I think I a, I think a vet trip is... It's so needed. I forget, I forget the reason, but yeah, dude, I think a vet trip is, is much overdue. We yeah. definitely need it. Yeah, you and Charlie didn't come, which, speaking of, Charlie and I were both in Nashville this past weekend, and we didn't meet up, which is really depressing, but... that That's sad. It's just that's one of those, a, like, think, 
this happens when you get older. Yeah, you just have like when you're with a group of dudes like separately, you're like not gonna convince everyone to go meet up with this one other guy that you like know. Yeah, <laughs> from a past job. Not only yeah, that, dude. Just like when you're out on a weekend like that, like the logistics of just getting there with that many people is yeah. hard enough. Then with then trying to align the logistics of what that other person's doing with the group they're with, it ends up being near impossible. Yeah. And you're forced to often then just like split go meet up with that person one off and then you know try and find the group that you you know went there with originally exactly. yes yeah. that's a great description of just being in your mid-20s yeah yeah <laughs> yes but today's episode we brought tin can on sam because he is currently in the middle of training for a full iron man so he's he has the balls unlike ralph yeah i don't have the balls uh, to do a full <laughs> to do a full ironman so we wanted to talk with him about how he got into the sport how he got into exercising in general what his training looks like food everything in between yeah. uh, so it might be a, a tad bit longer of an episode than than normal uh, our normal 15 to 20 minutes um but i think it's going to be an awesome episode super worth it um i just want to kind of start off we, we were starting to get into this right before we started recording but like Getting into exercise, have you always been a uh, a fit person? And like, what what made you decide? Hey, let's get into triathlons, one of the most insane sports out there. So I'll answer the first question or part of the question. Have you always been a fit person? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, absolutely not. Um, in saying that, um, I got into like working out probably around like eighth, ninth grade. Um, for, you know, like sports purposes, I played hockey growing up. So I went to like a sports specific, uh, gym. Um, and that's kind of where I found the, my, I guess you would say passion or just, you know, interest in exercise. And then it kind of evolved from that into, um, you know, training for football and hockey in high school. And then when I went to college, um, other than doing kind of CrossFit for a few years, into my freshman year, I would say gym, the gym took a backseat for three or four years of my life, basically ranging from sophomore year of college to, uh, probably my few first few years after graduating or maybe first year after graduating. Yeah. And then I really just weightlifted and then it actually took me getting injured to kind of find the love or I guess my, my, my passion or interest in more endurance based sports and then it kind of just led into triathlons. Were you, did you do, were you a biker or a runner first? So I was, I would not consider myself either one, but I tore my pec oh, uh, yeah. bench pressing. Oh. Dude, if and, you still have uh, that picture, send it to us. I want to post oh, I it. Will. Oh, I will. It yeah, is it's, so gross. <laughs> I, dude, I remember like it was yesterday. It was, I think, summer of 2020. Yeah. And oh, like during COVID. Just, yeah. Yeah. It was so, it was like really kind of getting back into the swing of things after Paycom, like working out, lifting weights. COVID hit, was doing stuff at home, got back in the gym. My buddy and I were just being absolute, just ridiculously just ego lifting for like, you yes. know, weeks. And I went in and was doing this so embarrassing, like literally just a set of 185. <laughs> and I went down. And right when I pushed up on like my last set or rep, I felt just, it would be like taking the biggest piece of Velcro. This is the best way of describing it. And just ripping, <laughs> dropped the bar on myself, flipped oh. the weight, like completely tore it, had to get surgery. And 
I broke my collarbone. I had to get like plates and screws put in that. That was like a pretty quick recovery. Is that why you broke it because you dropped the bar on yourself? No, I tore it in the uh, east. I guess it'd be eccentric, so coming upward. Oh. That makes oh you tear God. your collar, or that makes you break your collarbone? No, 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 no. That was prime. Like, so I tore, uh, my, <laughs> I tore my pec with that injury, and then, like, I was saying, like, the recovery time for the pec, I mean, dude, it took a year, and I would say it's still, like, I even still have issues with it now, whereas, like, my collarbone, I broke it in high school. Yeah. I had surgery, screws, plate put in, I was back playing, like, six to eight weeks. Oh, my God. That's do you, like, crazy. When you lift chest, do you get nervous? I've maybe barbell benched once or twice since then. I do dumbbell and I don't go heavy anymore. I mean, it completely reshaped my approach with weights specifically. Um, the heaviest I started lifting was between doing my 70.3 and kind of training for this. I did one of Nick Bear's like uh, programs and uh, I think it was the the hybrid build. I did the hybrid build. Oh, that, and that one was sick. Yeah. Yeah. And that was probably the most volume i had done weight wise since i tore my pec but like when he would put that like 10 8 6 4 4 barbell bench i was like no so i'm much. not doing that yeah i'm not yeah. doing that i'll do it on, i'll do it on dumbbell but i'm not going that heavy yeah i think a lot of people have that happen and honestly i'm kind of glad you brought that up i don't know that i really i mean i've had like the same shoulder stuff that a lot of people get from like benching incorrectly which probably made me want to get into running too but I think a lot of people have those scenarios where they're like, you're just a dude. If you played sports in high school, you probably tried to lift. You probably got pretty strong at some point. Yeah. And then you get out of high school into college. You're not an athlete anymore. And you're like, why am I still doing this and getting hurt all the time? This is so dumb. Yeah. Well, I mean, once I, like I tore my pec and you know, you, I couldn't really do much. Like I was, I started inclined treadmill walking. Cause I was like, I just need to move. Like I gained weight. I didn't feel like healthy. I just felt mm-hmm. horrible. Oh, yeah. And I was like trying to find a way to just move my body that, you know, in any way I could. So I started doing like inclined treadmill walk and then it led into me like I could like run versus lift. So I started like running and I remember like, I was like, wow, I actually feel like mentally like really good after I go for a run. And it started with like what was a, you know, a mile run to, uh, you know, a three mile run a few times a week. And that kind of then evolved into like just more a hybrid style of like training where I was like literally doing 50% weights, 50% like cardio. And I was like, okay, I definitely now know that I enjoy a balance between the two where like you wouldn't have caught me dead doing cardio prior to like this injury. I mean, it was like, it was like, I'm not doing this at all ever. (laughs) I feel like if you grew up playing sports and you were taught like lift heavy, get big cardio just was the complete opposite of it. You were just told like cardio is going to lead you to get weak. Well, you did like, cardio like when you're doing your sport. Like, yeah, that's, that's fair. Cardio you're yeah, getting, yeah, yeah. Like your like your practices and games. Like, yep. You had your hour of cardio, you know, three four times a week, whatever it was. But you weren't really getting like I don't really consider that cardio anymore. But that was like getting your heart rate up type yeah. you know, style of exercise that you probably would do regularly. Yeah. And it was more of like a a punishment. Like whenever yeah. they were like, "Hey, get on the fucking line. We're gonna run." Dude, it's just like reading. I hated yeah. reading for the longest time Same. because you were told to reading in high school and now that i get to choose what i read it's actually so true that is uh, honestly a great analogy so yeah so you're a nick bear fan because i was i was gonna ask like 
Ralph and I got into triathlons because, like, one night one of our friends drunkenly was like, "Let's do this." Like, we had we had influence from friends. Did you have yeah. friends who influenced you to get into it, or was it like the Nick Bear? Which I feel like Nick Bear, if people don't know who he is, look him up. He's a fitness influencer. Has inspired a ton of people to get into either running or triathlons or anything in between. Yeah, so like I definitely followed kind of his journey early on with that, um, and that was probably he started what like that back in 2018, 2019 when yeah. he kind of transitioned into the marathon, which then led into his like first, second, then third, you know, Iron Prep, Ironman Prep training. But um, that was definitely part of it. Um, you know, I had had a few friends, or I would say more so back then, acquaintances that I knew had done it, mm-hmm. and I was always like, "Dang, like that's pretty hardcore. That's impressive." Like that's pretty sweet, but I would never do that. Um, and then what kind of led me into doing it was kind of a realization, or I would say more of a a talk kind of I had with myself. It was just, I felt like I was at a point in life where I was not living optimally. Like I, I, I was not being the best version of myself. Like I was lacking. I would feel like probably from the, in the health department, and I was finding that like, wow, I go to work all week. And then on the weekends, you know, I'm out basically at the bar Friday, Saturday. And then I, you know, recover Sunday and go back to work. And it was just like, I don't want my hobby to be, you know, only drinking. Like yeah. Th- yeah. that was kind of what I think initially was like, I need something that's going to like keep me in, you know, a routine and like keep me, you know, in a regimen and through, you know, like, the Nick bear stuff. And then actually funny enough, um, my buddy who's kind of my coach now, he did this back when I met him in college and mm. I actually reached out to him when I was prepping for uh, Chattanooga 70.3. And he was like that, that he was kind of someone I was always like, dang, like he does this, he does races all the time. So yeah. there was a few different things that I feel like kind of led me to, or I guess made me fall into kind of where I'm at now, if that makes sense. Did yeah. he, what's his name again? Nick Bonji. Nick Bonji. I was going to say, I don't, yeah. I don't know him, but I wanted to shout him out. Cause I mean, you mentioned this when we were texting, but we should try to get him on yeah. like a long yeah. form one too. Oh but, yeah. I'm sure he'd love to. Uh, um, and I mean, for anyone that's just getting into it, experienced, um, I, I've, 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 you know, hooked him up with a few of my buddies, uh, two of which are actually doing the Panama City Full. He's actually Nick's doing the Panama City Full, um, and then I've got some buddies that have gotten now into seventy point threes, and uh, they're kind of utilizing him and his you know expertise from a coaching perspective. So um, yeah, he's he's fantastic. And I so you said two things that I want to touch on real quick. I think you said that when you were starting to get into it, or actually before you got into it, you had seen other people do them and you're like yeah that's that's cool i could never do that i think that's like a really good call out that like whenever you think in life damn i could never do that that's a very good moment to try to pause and be like why the hell am i saying that to myself yeah not even about triathlons but about anything in life like why couldn't you do that yeah and and try to reframe how you think about that and how you think about things and and i don't know having experiences in life because if you live life thinking Oh, why, why can't I do that? You're going to be doing so much more. Yeah. Yeah. You got to hit the nail on the head. I mean, that was kind of what, I mean, like growth mindset, essentially 
like you're putting limitations on yourself with the, you know, I can't do this or, you know, can't do mindset. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it really kind of just, I would say shifted my mindset towards everything in life, getting into this sport. Um, because I would argue it's like, you know, some of the times the hardest thing you do that day is the workout you have in the morning or whatever. And it's like, well, once you do that, everything else you have to do in the day is I would say, you know, relatively easier. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It definitely like helps me with, that's a good point too. Like when work shit comes up, that's like stressful and whatnot. You just kind of laugh and you're like, this isn't that bad. Yeah, like I just did a five hour like workout it, on Saturday. It was the yeah. worst thing I'm, I've ever done in my life. Yeah. But <laughs> this, this is going to get solved. Yeah. It's fine. Like, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the other thing you touched on was like finding this routine and getting into it fairly early after college. I know you said you had like a year, maybe two post-college that you kind of let yourself go a little bit. Have you guys noticed, and now that we're like four or five years out of college, like, you kind of there's two paths for people to go down one that's like a healthy path and one that's an unhealthy path yeah and not saying you can't write the ship later on in life say 10 years out of college 20 years out of college but i feel like those first couple years are very defining in how you live the rest of your life and i 100 i feel like people don't realize that what you do now with your health is very similar to like investing with like money you need to start early because later on it's going to pay so many dividends whereas like if you start later in life and you're like oh my 20s are for my partying and then 30s i'll like get healthy yeah you're gonna have such a harder time getting back to a place where you feel comfortable and and good every single day yeah i don't know if you guys uh are familiar with like dr peter adia um no he's on joe rogan oh yes all the time he's had collaborations with like andrew huberman but he actually came out with a book recently highly recommend this for anyone that's interested in like longevity protocol uh but just like really living like an optimal healthy life um he talks about like you have to start early like what you do in your 20s compounds and pays dividends in your 30s which then folds into your 40s like if you want to be the most badass 80 year old or 90 year old or 100 year old, that's essentially what he's basically, you know, talks about is, um, you know, the earlier you start, the easier it is to maintain that versus trying to catch up later. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good piece of advice. I'll counter it though with if you're listening to this right now and you're like, I will say though, most people that are probably choosing to listen to this are doing something. Yeah, But even if you're in that mindset of like, well, fuck, I wish I would have done this earlier. It's, there is no yeah. time like the present. Yeah, Absolutely not. It's better to start now than never. Yeah. 100%. And um, you'll eventually get to a point where like you can can feel better yeah. than what you probably do. That's yeah. kind of, that was, a, yeah. I also think balance is key. Like, dude, you, you follow some of these people on like, you know, Instagram or you listen to podcasts and you know, you think these people are robots and they, you know, they yes. tell you to you have to live 100% this way to live optimally, perform optimally, whatever. It's like, I kind of take the approach of 80, 20, like mm-hmm. if you can be good 80% of the time and still live your life 20% of the time and just be, you know, forgiving to yourself, like that's the happiest way to live. Like none of us are perfect, you know, you're going to, you're going to do things that maybe don't align with what they say is perfect. And that's fine. Like we're human and we're not meant to be. And I, you always got to remind yourself that. Yeah. Yeah. I think being forgiving is a great point because I think people just jump into it and think, Oh, I got to go every single day. And if I miss a day, I all, all falls apart. And it's like, no, you can miss a day in the gym or you can eat 
an unhealthy meal, like you're yes. going to be fine. You can come back to it. It's, it's all about the long game and what the, what you actually sum to when it comes to when you're looking over two, three, four, five years, what have you done? Um, and I think 80, 20 is a perfect, yeah. perfect rule to, to live by. Um, so getting into triathlons, you, if I'm not mistaken, jumped right into a 70.3, correct? You didn't, you didn't do any sprints or Olympic triathlons. <clears throat> Yeah, correct. Yeah, so I, we had no idea what we were doing initially when we decided <laughs> we wanted to do a triathlon. It started with, okay, let's do a triathlon. And then we were doing like sprint triathlons every Saturday. And then you were doing for three, training, like three point bricks. You were doing swim. We would do like a mile swim and oh then we would do God. like a 25 mile bike. And then we would do like, uh, you know, I think it was like a five mile run or something like that. What the would, fuck? <laughs> That's one way yeah. to train. <laughs> Dude like had no idea and then i ended up like finding a you know a program online had i think i sent it to you originally that was like a 12-week training program yep. or whatever or eight week and then i followed that like to the t because i was like this is definitely everything i was doing was wrong yeah i was like and yeah so then i found a plan and i will say now I would do everything that I even did back then, even with that program differently, just with kind of how things have changed and, um, you know, just knowledge around just endurance. Like it's, you know, it just takes, it takes a while to figure out what works best for your body. And I think everyone's different. Yeah. That's a really good point. I mean, that's kind of been two main themes that you brought up earlier, Tin Can, as well as knowing your body. I probably said that phrase a hundred times during this series but the other thing too like being forgiving especially with all of the instagram all the influencers and like people pushing on you got to be perfect you got to be perfect like i think that's kind of what we're trying to do here is i mean what is our tagline like normal people trying to do athletic things yeah like we're i'm still discussing like hey i was in nashville this weekend i got back like i did i didn't work out on monday i felt like like a top three hangover top three hangover i've ever had in my life yeah but like yeah, I think that's kind of the point, too, of just, like, once you start getting into a rhythm, even including your personal life, of, like, hey, you're still probably going to drink on the weekends, and yeah. you're still in your 20s, but know your body, and when you wake up on Monday morning and you feel like shit, maybe you don't do the full Monday morning workout, because it's actually... okay. That's okay. Yes. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. What no, do it's... you... What does, like... So, when you have a coach... Does he just give you weekly stuff or do you still follow like a training peaks program with him? Yes. So I have a training peaks account and every Sunday he goes in and loads in my workouts for the entire week. And essentially what he assesses, you know, he kind of does his, uh, voodoo magician work in the background, but, uh, he, he assesses essentially my performance. He looks at my heart rate there's like different scores in training peaks that essentially shows like Mm, your fitness, if it's going up or down, like your fatigue, you know, he analyzes sleep, but he's essentially looking to see how well I essentially performed in each workout. Like, did I hit my, you know, paces in my run? Did my heart rate exceed what he expected? Like, and he basically follows kind of that similar thing for both biking and swimming and then, you know, he'll check in with me. I mean, I talk to him every day. Yeah. Um, but asks me how I'm feeling, like, am I sore? Am I recovered? Um, how did the workout go? And then you basically, you know, you're 
you, you increase your volume week over week over week. And the volume for the full versus the half has been a huge shock. Like that, yeah. that was the biggest adjustment for me. Um, but that's essentially what he's doing in regards to just like loading workouts. Yeah. I imagine, I can imagine you sitting there on Sunday night, like when you first get, I mean, I don't know how your peak's probably not going to be until what, like the beginning of the fall. When's, when is your actual full? So November 4th is the race. Okay. So I'm this week, I think the peaks and peaks set like 16 weeks out. So, um, you know, the, the eight weeks is kind of like hammer time, yeah. uh, which is like two months out and then you'll start to taper, uh, you okay. know, toward, towards the end of the prep, of course, like a few weeks out. So I imagine, have you had that moment yet of like looking at a Saturday brick and being like, what the fuck is this? Um, yeah. So like the last few, um, weeks, the volume has definitely increased. Um, I wouldn't say it's anything terrible yet, but, um, like I'll typically, you know, starting Friday, I mean, I'm right now it's two a days, uh, basically oh, yeah. every day it's a swimming. He's, he's swimming my ass off partially <laughs> because I guess Panama city can, is known to be very choppy. So even like some of the people who have win, who have won, like, you know, the, you know, uh, like national, you know, Ironman championships were significantly slower when they do Panama city. Cause they're <laughs> the, the water conditions can sometimes be rough. So, I'm swimming anywhere right now between 3,000 and probably 3,700 yards per swim, Holy which I'm doing around four to four to five times a week. Oh and my then, God. Dude, your I, back has to be yoked. <laughs> it's honestly, you just, you like acclimate to the volume, but yeah. Yeah. But like, for example, like a weekend, I mean, Friday, you're going to, it's typically, uh, you know, uh, like I said, 3,000 to 3,700 yard swim. And then I'll have an hour run Friday night. Then Saturday, um, I typically have right now, right around a three and a half hour ride. And then I'll typically have like a 20 minute brick run. And then I'll typically Saturday morning have prior to the bike and run a 3,000 to 3,700 yard swim. And then Sunday, same thing, 3,000 to 3,700 yard swim. And then I'll have my like long run, which ranges around, I would say an hour and a half to two hours right now. Okay. And then I have a following that they, he likes to do a, a weight session as well after. Okay. So that's like my volume on the weekends right now. My wife, um, she loves, loves the weekends, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the volumes definitely picking back up. But according to him, I, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen volume yet. So that's the oh my joke. God. That's I, I don't want to get off a tan on a tangent, but you brought it up your social life slash relationship with your wife. How has that, how has that been so far? Like, I mean, you just said two days on a Friday, which is wild. Like, do you still go out Friday nights, Saturdays? It sounds like you're working out. feels like probably four to five hours on a Saturday. And then even Sunday you're working out. Like, do you have time for a social life? Oh, for sure. I mean, for sure. Um, I mean, I will say my wife is very supportive, um, which is, which is awesome. And, um, you know, it can definitely be tough. I mean, like, especially on Saturdays when you're gone on the bike, like the bike is really what takes up, I would say the, the most amount of time as it, yeah. you know, is the most you're, you're on the bike the most during the race. Yeah. So it makes sense. But, um, Fridays aren't bad. Saturdays are definitely longest. Sundays aren't horrible. I mean, for me, I always non-negotiable one of my workouts 
um, is going to be done in the morning during the week. And then I try and work it around so that, you know, I'm home for dinner. Um, so I'm not sitting on the bike, you know, super late at night, at least I try not to be. And then, you know, on the weekends I try and get up as early as possible, um, you know, to basically get that, get the workout done. But Pat, I listened to one of your episodes. It was so funny when, you know, you say your workout's going to be three hours. There's typically a two hour buffer. Um, (laughs) yeah. And, and that is what I'm notorious for. You said it was going to be three hours. It's been five hours. Yeah. That's, that's that's the conversation. There's so much like logistics that if people aren't doing it themselves, especially like bricks, for instance, people don't get it. It's so, it's so hard to comprehend when it's like, it says it's going to be five hours. It's going to be five hours and 45 minutes that I'm going to be gone. Yeah. But I mean, in regards to like social life though, I mean, I kind of know my limits. It's like, you know, Friday night, if I, you know, go out, I can have a few drinks and it's not going to really, you know, offset my performance that much as long as I get, I would say adequate amount of sleep. That's how I feel. But like, if you go out and hit it, like you're going to struggle in your workout the next day and it's going to suck. So it's, you know, you know, if you're going to stay up with the boys, you got to rise with the men kind of like, that's kind of the mentality (laughs) around it. Um, and you know, I would say this whole, like, you know, just training and just, I would say, I mean, I, I would, you guys would agree. It's like, you know, when you start to feel better and you start to feel healthier, it's like, you don't want to necessarily, you know, deal with (laughs) the repercussions of you know a hangover um, as much because you're you you like feeling good you like mentally feeling clear and sharp and you just you pick your you pick your occasions it's like if there's a you know a reason to go out like what is my intention behind going out yeah like are you celebrating something is your friend in town are you guys like down in Nashville like that's the time to have fun and let loose but like am I just trying to find friends to like go out and you know you know that, that I, I would just say you just are more. Intentional I would say intentional, yeah. uh, intentional about, okay, am I going to go out tonight and, you know, have fun or do I have, you know, do I, do I need to be disciplined because I know what I got to do tomorrow? Yeah. I think it definitely, it takes time to get to that point. It's such a catch 22, but like you're, you're a addicted to the feeling of feeling good, but you also, 100%. you know that in the back of your head of like, dude, I'm in such good shape that I know I'm going to bounce back quick, but that like that 24 hours that I'm not is going to suck. Yeah. Oh yeah. Are you a, are you a caffeine person? Yes. Um, I've got, (laughs) he was actually, he was texting us this morning how he was buzzing so hard off of cold brew. (laughs) Yeah. So we have an espresso machine. So I do a lot of espresso. I'll do Americanos, lattes, stuff like that. And then at the office I'll drink coffee, but I have a rule. I typically do, you know, I like to stay around two cups. I'll do max three cups. I try and stay under like 250 milligrams of caffeine. So, um, that's kind of my rule. And then I cut caffeine by like 2 PM. So like, if I want to have that post lunch cup, I'll do that. But I try and get, you know, I'll have a cup of caffeine or a cup of coffee before my workout. Um, I'll hydrate in the morning with salt, lemon water, and then I'll wait, you know, like typically if I, if I'm going to work out, then I'll just have the coffee right after. If I don't, then I'll wait 60 to 90 minutes and then I'll have my coffee. And I typically have like that morning cup when I get to the office. But yeah, yeah. I I am a caffeine guy. That's honestly, and again, I'm going to keep eating the dead horse. Like you've just figured that out. Like you know your body so well. Like I've just, I've realized that I'm hypersensitive to it. 
So like if I even touch caffeine after like 10 a.m., my sleep is fucked. Yeah. It's just weird. Like some people are just so much different than others. Yeah. I did. There was like, I remember Andrew Huberman talked about like, um, there's typically a time of the day where you kind of hit that wall. And basically I forget if it's like six or eight hours after that is typically the time in which that you're supposed to go to bed. So if you're like drinking caffeine, you want to stop before that. And, um, so we need to verify that, but that's yeah. kind of where I found the two o'clock rule. And I found yeah. that it just doesn't disrupt my sleep because I'm typically in bed shortly after eight lights out by nine. I'm a, a uh, <laughs> your grandpa, like I'm by no means a night out. Oh yes. dude. Yeah. I'm the same way. What time do you wake up in the morning? Um, I typically wake up. It, it really depends. I'd say I rise comfortably between the five thirty and six marker. Yeah. And yeah. then, if I need to, like I can get up at, you know, four o'clock, whatever it is, but it definitely impacts me later in the day at work. Like when I'm getting up at that four marker, it just, I, I, I had to go to bed, go to bed earlier. Like I need eight hours of sleep, yeah. not negotiable. I think that's one thing too. You have like, you have the downside of like, I don't ever typically do, I guess you wouldn't call them two today's because if I have two separate workouts, they're not long enough that like I can just knock them both out in the morning. Like if I have a swim yeah. and a lift, for instance, I'll just do them both back to back. But like you have the downside of having to do two a days most days. However, I'm assuming you probably come home at what seven seven thirty, and like Morgan has dinner on the on the table for you, right? She does. Yeah. Yes, she's she's incredible in that yeah. aspect. Yeah, um, yeah I. So I don't work from home anymore. I used to work from home. So like last, you know, the, the, the my first prep, I was able to squeeze in like a lunchtime run yeah, or nice. like I could hop on my bike and do like a 45 minute hour bike and then you know, have worked out in the morning because I definitely, my body likes to move, I would say more in the morning and like say lunchtime air, like same realm versus in the evening. But I just, I don't have the time unless I get up. I mean, basically in the middle of the night, um, yeah, <laughs> to, to probably get both in right now with just the time that is kind of allotted for, you know, each, each activity. Yeah. Yeah. It's fair. So for the listeners, we, I feel like we didn't even say how long a full Ironman is. We might've said it on another episode, but if you've missed them, a full Ironman, obviously it's just a double of a half what Ralph's about to do this weekend. I think we should preface. I don't know if we've ever called the half. The half Ironman is a 70.3. So use yeah. those interchangeably yeah, yeah, yeah. if you yep. were confused earlier. Sorry. But what Sam is doing is a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, and a 26.2 mile run, which is a marathon. Uh, insane numbers. Just to even say it's total combined length of 140.6 miles or 226 kilometers. Uh, Sam, do you have a favorite sport of the three? So I would say swimming is my least favorite. Um, I think most people concur with that one. Originally, I'd say running was my favorite, but I have got to say that cycling is definitely my favorite. And I'd say out of the three, if I were to do, you know, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick cycling now. And I would just say, Part of it is my body handles volume from the bike much better than it does running. Like I find myself getting weird aches and injuries when I increase my volume too quickly running. So I just think it's a, for me, it's just my body it, it enjoys cycling the most. If that, 
uh, is kind of a best way to yeah decide yeah, between sense. the three. To take to paint a picture of what Sam looks like, you're probably what six two, like right at two hundred pounds. So right now I'm yeah I mean, I'm around probably I would say uh, had six two is flattering. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen you in a while. If I've got if I've got my cowboy if I've got my cowboy boots on maybe I'm six two. <laughs> but uh, no I'm I'm t- I'm about I would say six foot maybe six one on a good day if I'm stretched out and then uh, I'm right around one seventy five. You're one seventy five. Yeah, so I used to sit around 210. Now I'm about 175. Dude, you weigh more than me. Or you weigh less than me. <laughs> yeah. I'm I, probably uh, 170 right now, but typically I walk around at like 178. That's nuts. It's many inches. Yeah. This is, I mean, I, That's fucking nuts, dude. I, yeah, I, I think I weighed this when I was like a freshman in high school. I'm not kidding. Like, this <laughs> is probably what I weighed then. But you are still like, you're a thick dude. You could probably throw around weight at one point in your life. Then your life in the gym, right? That was my yeah. No, I mean I was never. I would say the biggest guy in the gym by any means, but I was definitely. I would always say let's 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 phrase it this way. I always had an easy time gaining weight versus yeah, um, you know, not being able to gain weight. (laughs) I know what you mean. That's fair. That's fair. Versus like Max and I have like until the last year i had the hardest time being putting on like, weight putting on weight yeah but i feel like i could look at food and i would gain weight at a certain point in my life <laughs> yeah. but yeah you probably got some strong ass fucking legs too i would imagine Talk- i would love to just look at like a comparison of your like your speed workouts on the bike versus like my speed workouts on the bike in terms of like power i don't really track power right now but i imagine your fucking okay. watts are ridiculous I mean, dude, it's all relative. Like, yeah, sure. Um, like this morning, I had a workout. It was a ninety-minute ride, and it was eight by four minutes at two hundred and sixty watts. And then the recoveries were five minutes, and so it was basically, I think, what's thirty thirty-two. So it was just like you know, right around an hour, basically, of like power. Um, which 260 watts, I mean, it's different for everyone because it's all based off weight, what that, you know, actually yeah. converts into in regards to speed. But I mean, dude, some of those guys, you know, those top guys, I mean, they're averaging over 300 watts in this Same. race. And that was like a four minute average. So, I mean, it's, it, <laughs> there's always a bigger fish. Yeah. Always. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were, Sam was sending me some videos the other day. What's that? What's that cyclist name? Uh, Magnus. Yeah. Oh my God. This dude on an aero bike bar. He looks like he's legitimately flying through. <laughs> it's absurd. And just zooming past other dudes that are probably yeah. going 27, 28 miles per hour. That's insane. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, Sam, you touched on food that you could look at it and gain weight back in the day. Do you love that now you can pretty much eat whatever you want? Or so, do, you, do you eat whatever you want? Or like, wh- how do you think about food with this? Because you're definitely burning thousands of calories every single day. Yeah, so I've, I actually found out, I got a bunch of blood work done a few years ago, which was also right around the time that I kind of started getting back into working out. Found out I had several food allergies. And then through kind of uh, trial and error, you know, realized that there was really main one main food that was bothering me and it was wheat. So... 
I essentially eat gluten-free. Like I'm not celiac. So like if I have it, it's, it's not the end of the world. I just end up getting kind of like bloated and it, it just messes my, um, digestive tract up. But, um, I do a ton of meat, fruit and honey. And I do in regards to starches, I'll do rice and potatoes. Um, but that is like what I found. My body works better off fat. I still use, I would say, I mean, I, you have, like, I, I found that I just need to eat carbs. So I'll still oh, yeah. get it in through, you know, fruit and I'll still eat potatoes and rice, but I typically do fruit and meat during the day. And then I'll eat a big starchy carb type dinner with a protein in the evening. So that's what I found to just work best for me. Um, but that's kind of the way I eat. This is something, I don't know like how much research you've done, Tin Can, on this. Are vegetables just kind of overrated? Like the more I hear people talk about nutrition, they make it sound like vegetables are just, they're not that, they're not what people thought they I were. I mean, I, this is like where you could just start getting into a super controversial like, yeah. you know, argument where I don't feel like I'm well-versed enough to speak on our vegetables bad for you. But yeah. um, I, like if you talk to the carnivore community, you know, they're yeah. like, you know, screw vegetables, vegetables are horrible. And then like your, you know, vegans, whatever are going to say the opposite. Yeah. Um, I still eat vegetables. I just find that I feel better eating other things as like, I would say my like primary foot, like, my primary focus is not necessarily vegetables, but I'll still eat vegetables. Yeah. I will say that some vegetables definitely like, I would say irritate my, my bowels. <laughs> so this is, this is what I was going to bring up and plant defense chemicals. That's what they, you know, I'm sure you've seen it online. Like oh. that's what people talk about. Like you're not supposed to eat plants because like green plants, essentially like evolutionary wise, like, blend in with everything we're not supposed to eat. So like fruit, for example, is it has seeds in it and it's meant to eat. So it essentially can be, you know, pooped out and, and regrown, you know, regrown. Yep. But like yep. <laughs> the reason why it's, it's colorful is like you're, we're meant to see colors and that was a sign of, Oh, that's something I want to eat. And everything that's green is like, well, we're not meant to see that. So that's, I mean, I can't say if that's the reason to why. I mean, I definitely think that eating just a well-balanced diet from a whole foods perspective is the best way to eat. Like if you can be intuitive in that aspect of just eating whole foods, I'd say that's, you know, the most important, but I still eat vegetables, but I mainly focus on like fruits and meats and I'll still eat some starches. Do you even do like, do you do supplemental protein at all? Or do you think you get enough protein? Without it, I do. Um, I use a brand called Promix Nutrition. Um, yeah. They've got like a grass-fed whey that I use. Does that come in the um, brown like tubs? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Um, and I've been using that stuff for a few years now. Um, I really like it. It's just like a clean protein. But I don't. Other than that, I don't take any supplements besides just a few uh, like sleep vitamins um, and like a fish oil. I don't use like pre-workout. I don't use anything else. Um, yeah. I do use a, I do use a hydration supplement that I guess, uh, called Relight, which is just like super high in sodium. Um, that's, that's more just it. like for during training, right? Yeah. Or I'll use it sometimes in the morning if I wake up after like a hard night workout and yeah. I just, you can tell you feel flat and dehydrated. So I'm like, okay, I need to get some sodium in me and just rehydrate and I need electrolytes. Do you take creatine? 
I don't. Um, I've been considering it, but I mean, I, I would say I definitely probably get a couple grams of creatine because I eat steak, yeah. beef, fish. Like I don't eat a ton of chicken or like ground turkey. So like a lot of my, the meat I eat is red meat. So I'm definitely getting creatine through that. Yeah. But I've looked at using creatine. I mean, cause there, it seems like it's getting popular again. Yeah. Like that's Max and I have talked about, I've been, I had such a, a negative connotation to it, like in high school and stuff, like people that took it, yeah. I was always like, Oh, you're doing like steroids. But now I've been doing it for probably two or three years consistently. And it's just, I've noticed such a difference in my recovery from doing it. Well, I mean, it's just, it's, it's basically increasing ATP and it makes you hold more water. Okay. So like essentially you're, you know, if you increase your ATP, which is, I believe an energy storing molecule, you're technically going to have more strength. You're going to be able to put out more power in your workouts. But if you're holding more water, I, I, it probably does help with recovery as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I know it's a super backed, you know, supplement, and it's probably one of the most used supplements. I don't know why I don't use it. Um, yeah. Who knows? Maybe after this podcast, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get me some creatine. No, that's like, I mean, I've been kind of going back and forth now too because – I think I've talked about this. I've been trying to kind of get my weight down for race day. It's starting to trickle where I wanted it to be. I'm probably, I weighed in this morning at 169. I wanted to be at like 165 for race day. But the last few weeks I've almost been like, should I just cut out creatine and like drop this water weight? But I'm almost more worried. Like, is it worth five pounds to like completely change what I've been doing? Probably not. So you, I have trained with the weight that you've, you're at now. Exactly. So yeah. You're going to so, be fine. I don't know. It's not going to make that big of a difference in my, yeah, you're holding yeah. a few pounds of water weight. I mean, I always remember the biggest thing with creatine was just like, they always say you got to drink a lot of water because yeah. it does dehydrate you because your body is essentially like, I believe it's excreting it, but, yeah. um, I'd be curious, I guess the one thing I'd be curious to look on and I'll probably look into this is just like, if it has any negative effects on hydration from a race perspective if it is de- i guess dehydrating you yeah. and you're trying to stay hydrated if that could like enhance your or increase your likability or probability of like getting cramps or anything like that hmm. i bet it doesn't but i don't i'd be curious to see if I'm maybe sure that's that where your toe cramps are coming from dude yeah that's i mean because it does dehydrate you i know you need to drink a significant amount more of water at least with like monohydrate which was the you know generic Oh yeah, that's the one I use. Most yeah. commonly used one, and I know they have different kinds since. But yeah, do you get the toe cramps when you swim? Oh, dude, so bad. More so in the yeah. pool from pushing off the wall. I feel that I'm right now. I'm like, I don't know if I'm more scared about getting a toe cramp in the middle of the ocean or getting eaten by a shark. <laughs> <laughs> You're so it's in the Gulf. Oh yeah, dude. I found myself oh. watching, dude, other night, laying in bed. My wife's up in Cape May with the two dogs. Hour and a half of shark videos. I'm like, why am I? I what are you I doing, doing to yourself? Oh, yeah. I like dude, purposely like, stayed away from that. And then there ended up being a shark the day before we dude, swam. Oh, dude. I know. I already know. I'm going to be like, I'm going to get in the water. I'm going to full blown freak out. And then I'm also going to have to remind myself, like, swim slower and then swim slower <laughs> yeah. and then swim slower because I'm going to be just swimming with adrenaline and I don't want to, you know, screw myself essentially for You're the bike. come out huffing and puffing. Oh, yeah. It's so yeah. hard not to, though, because when, like, other people around you are also kind of – I mean, it's so natural to go faster than any 
training you've done. Yeah. And your body's just like, what the fuck are you doing to me? This is insane. So I have an unanswerable question for you guys today. So I'll wait for the end. But before we get into that, is there anything else, Sam, that you wanted to to say to the listeners or or Ralph that you wanted to ask because you're about to go into this weekend? I think we've kind of run through it all. I will say I'm... That I finally worked out. I skipped two workouts this weekend. I didn't work out. We're recording this on Tuesday before I have my actual race. I didn't work out yesterday, and I didn't do like the short speed run I had on Saturday, which is fine. But I'm finally worked out today, and I like got done with the run, and I was like, "That's all I needed to do," and I feel fine. Yep, it's ridiculous how easy that is, but resets you. How are you feeling, Sam? I feel good. I mean. The biggest shift is, I mean, it's been volume. So, like, I would say for the full, you're doing a lot of, like, lower heart rate, long, like, you yeah. know, zone two, low zone three training, which where with, like, the half, and this is where it was different. It was, like, you know, shortened workouts. You're doing a little bit more, like, tempo, speed, intense type style workouts. Yeah. So, it's been a lot different. I'd say I'm still, like, pretty far out to, like, give a good gauge on – like where I want to end up. I mean, I have goals for myself for the race. Um, you know, I'm feeling good where I'm at, but, um, I mean, a lot can change within 16 weeks. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, you said you're probably, you're eight weeks out from your actual peak. So you're basically, like, yeah, probably likely around that. Okay. That's but fair. What is, what is, uh, Pat, what's your, I guess strongest of the three and, or what are you looking forward to the most with your half? Dude, historically I was, I mean, I've talked about this on here. I was a runner to start with and I, I don't know really what, I think it's, I think I've kind of had a weird mindset of the zone trainings. I'm like slowing myself down. It's been good, but now I was telling you this, Sam, I, I burned out so hard on the bike last year that my run was just terrible. So now I'm like in my head about, am I still a good runner? Is biking now my, I probably would say at this point, just because I've, I've done the Phil Mosley. I think that's the one that you did, right? You used one of his. Yeah, dude. And I did the exact same thing. Talked about burning out on the bike. Yep. Uh, I'll just, I have a story for you probably at a later time about my just wrongdoing on the bike and the half. Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy to do. Cause like. You're just like, fuck, man, I'm, I'm only going, whatever, 17, 18 miles per hour. I, was, I thought I was going to be going 19, 20 at this point. You just don't think about there's so many different elements that are affecting that, and you just and can't, you can't worry too much. Something always goes wrong. Like, yes, there's always. no such thing as the perfect race. Like, I had a bottle puncture on the bike oh. at mile 40, and I had no liquids because I missed the handoff and almost wrecked my bike oh. for 16 miles. So I went into the run on basically no hydration for 16 miles. And I was like on the ground with like piano cramps in my legs, like crawling like a Nazi zombie, like literally just (laughs) trying to like keep myself moving. And, but the great thing about like the Ironman triathlon community is like, dude, everyone's out there to like help one another. Like this guy gave me an entire bottle of like salt potassium tablets and it got me through the race. Like completely, completely changed the trajectory of probably my ability to even finish. Um, and he just gave them to me. They were his, his entire, entire bottle. That's yeah. So the community sick. is awesome around this sport. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's awesome. I think it's because, and you like the two that I've done, you see 
and can tell so easily the experienced people because they're almost like they're almost like looking you can tell they're looking out for people like they're not going super hard they're probably a little bit older they end up like trying to spark up a conversation with you at some point in time and you're like this is just awesome and it makes you want to be like that too 100 percent, dude i mean also like key takeaways from when i did the half um Buy nice bottles um, so they don't so they don't puncture. Um, always have backup salt uh, for the run, and when in doubt, always bike. Just bike. Yeah. What's your What was the and phrase you texted me the other day? Um, run for show, bike for. Uh, what was it? Uh, my buddy Nick was actually the one that I have to give credit to him that told me that saying right before Chattanooga, but I believe it was um, bike for show, run for dough. Run for dough. Love that. I might that might be what I end I up like that. Right, writing on my wrist. To be honest with you. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I you have. Put that. You could you could put that on your uh, right next to that nice paycom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I don't have to. Th- the fact that that is on. My backside is so nice because sometimes I just forget that I have it <laughs> until I'm like changing in the locker room and I'm like, oh. yeah, I think I'd rather someone see my front than my yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that's all I was kind of curious about. Was there anything else you were thinking? No, I okay. honestly, it's been, it's a fun journey. I mean, I, I would say you learn a lot about yourself throughout the process. I'm sure Het, you've same uh enjoyed the process i think with anything endurance related like if you don't enjoy the process if you don't enjoy the actual training and you're doing it just across the finish line like it's not going to be something that you're going to enjoy doing Uh, because you spend so much time you know prepping for what's you know only a often four five ten twelve sixteen hour race yeah yeah very true so we haven't been doing unanswerables on this series. We usually do it on the normal normal podcast, but I have one since it's the second to last episode, and um, it came to me as we were talking about the different sports. The order of the sports right now is swim, bike, run. If you could reorder them to the preference that you would want where you think you could do the fastest race, what would you order it in? And it, it could be the same order, but... What do you? I definitely wouldn't be the same order. What would be the order that you choose? I think the only reason they do it in the order they do is because logistically it makes more sense to get wet first. And I think there's some danger to swimming last. I think so. Yeah. Have any of you guys ever swimmed after a hard bike or high hard run? I don't think I have. No, I don't think so. Go do it, and then <laughs> then 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 uh, then then ask yourself which way you'd want to do it because. I did it, and thank the Lord, the pool I could stand in cramped immediately. Really? I mean, oh, shit. Uh, and this was when we initially were doing those, like, try Saturdays, just being a bunch of idiots. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, one day we were like, oh, we're going to swim. I think it was, like, second or last. And we both got in the pool, and, like, we couldn't even make it 20 yards. We were cramping so bad. Like, it was <laughs> just so not even funny. feasible. If somebody else in here or someone's listening is, like, no, it is doable. You got to tell me what I was doing wrong because I couldn't do it. I do think cramping is a biological thing. Like I know people that are like, I've never had a Charlie horse in my life. I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, 
but it's just I mean I was gonna say my answer would be bike run swim but interesting tin can is kind of talking me off that that ledge I'd keep swim first 100% flip I to be honest with you I feel like I'd rather keep the bike where it is because the fat the thought of having to <laughs> run the marathon and then bike 112 miles with it's just your legs 100 thrashed. miles is it like uh is a big number to go into when you are dead already like imagine running a four-hour marathon and then being like oh i gotta go jump on a bike and do 112 miles like i'd rather just get the big thing out of the way right after the swim because at least with the run like you can walk like you just keep your legs just one foot after another. Yeah. Whereas like when you're on the bike, like if your legs are just not working, like that's going to be, it's difficult. so demotivating and, when you're going like five miles per hour. Yeah. Like you hit a, you hit a wall of wind and it just slows you down. Yes. Oh, headwind. Just, Oh dude. Miserable. Headwind, on top of that, headwind having to sit is, on that saddle after running a marathon would be yeah. just chafe city. Oh dude. I don't know if I've talked about it on here, but I've been having, I've been training with bike shorts when I've been doing long runs and then just running in those bike shorts after for my bricks. And I have used an entire bottle of anti-monkey butt in like three weeks. Have you tried that like nut butter, that squirrel stuff? Is that the same stuff? No. I think you should try it. It looks like a deodorant stick. Is that what you're talking about? No, it's like it may come in a deodorant stick, but it's like I'll have to send you the link or the brand name, but... I've used this stuff now for a few years, and I found it to be pretty good for both cycling and running. Okay. There's this chamois cream. It's like a purple and yellow bottle that I've thought about trying because, dude, I've had so many issues with just trying to, like, be comfortable on the bike. Yeah. And it just takes so long. I think I'll be all right in my tri-suit. I probably should have been training in a tri-suit more consistently, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm going to fucking my legs are going to be powder by the time I get in the water and hopefully they're not like super wet. Yeah. But you never know. All right. Yeah. Well, Tin Can, Sam, thank you for coming on. Thank this you, has been sir. Amazing. Uh definitely been probably my favorite episode so far this season. Oh, easily. So, yeah. Uh thank you for coming on, Ralph. Thank you for being guest numero uno and again, uh this is coming out after the race, so I was just about to say follow us on Instagram to to watch. We could drop this like Friday or something if we wanted. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but thank you guys for listening to this series. It's been so fun. We still have one more episode at least to come out where we will uh, debrief with Ralph, Greeny, and Corey on how it went. But um, Ralph, good luck this weekend. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Ralph, Peace. I'm cheering for you. I'm going to have you in the Ironman tracker app, and I'll be just just <laughs> – Honing in on you, looking at your splits Fuck the whole yeah, weekend. Dude. I'm hoping. I'm honestly the only thing I'm like super worried about is my transitions. My T ones have just always been shitty. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna really focus on dude, making sure I'm organized. Is this your first Ironman? And also quickly, um, like actual like Ironman race. Yes, like Ironman sponsored. Be, you will be astonished at the just logistics of the entire event. Like they make it so just it's so organized like it's honestly incredible like it is you'll you'll see is there a lot of like good luck this is one thing that we were just texting about before we jump off here so the two the first two triathlons we did we had no room whatsoever like 
when we staged our bikes, everyone was just like on top of each other. Do they give you more space? Like, do you have a designated spot? How does that work? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you God. have a, yeah, you have a designated, like basically spot. I mean, designated, I don't know if that's the right word, but you have space. Like okay. you, I'd say bring a bin for all of your stuff. If you have it that way, when you leave it overnight, if it rains or if it's dewy, it doesn't get wet. So bring a bin, like a big plastic bin. And that way you can just use that to throw your stuff in when you come in the transition. So it's okay. not laying everywhere. Um, but yeah, you've got adequate space and you also got to realize like everyone doing these races is going at different paces. So it's not like everyone's getting yeah. to the transition at the same time. True. Um, the most chaotic transition is probably coming in from the bike, going to the run. But other than that, they have people there helping you like get your wetsuit off and just different things like that. Oh, at least they did yeah. for Chattanooga. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, cool. Hell yeah, dude. You're the man tin can. I like that. Cool. No, I'm happy for you, man. Good luck this weekend, and oh, yeah. yeah, it's a pleasure being on here, guys. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, brother. Awesome. See you guys next episode. Peace. Peace.